What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. Sex toys. Do you have a favorite or a funny story about a mishap perhaps with a sex toy? If you're new to adult toys and eager to try them, where should you start? We're going to go girl boner deep in toys today, pun intended, with Kim Ayers, a certified sex educator, public speaker, blogger, and sex industry writer who has been a consumer of sex toys since 1987 and founded New England's first female and couples-friendly sex toy store, Grand Opening, when she left her job at Harvard. She's been featured in Boston Magazine, Marie Claire, Playboy, Playgirl, HBO, and more. We'll not only chat about toys and pleasure, but dip into a few ways to feel more comfortable with sex and sexuality. Later in the show, we will be joined by Period Network founder, podcast producer, and engineer, Mackenzie Mazel, who did a bit of a spicy market research on our behalf. If the products we discuss sound tantalizing or you want to search around for some others, head to The Pleasure Chest in Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York, or click their store link down in the show notes to start shopping. They offer free workshops every week in their stores. And Halle Berry's a fan. She had this quote to share. You can't forget your sexuality. You can still embrace your body by going to the gym or the pleasure chest. So if it's good enough for Halle Berry, it's good enough for you. I also want to give a big shout out to The Stacks, an awesome literary podcast hosted by Tracy Thomas, I appeared recently and highly recommend subscribing to the show if you haven't. Each episode is in two parts. First, she explores books and reading with a guest. And then in the next part, they chat about a particular book that they've both read. In our case, it was called Three Women. Tracy posted a really thoughtful review of my first Girl Boner book on Instagram, which encapsulates so many of the topics and aspects I most valued while writing it. So I want to read you just a little bit of it here. She said... I was skeptical about reading this book. I thought it was going to be one long Cosmo article about how to please yourself while pleasing your partner, a few sex positions, and some more equally trivial topics. I was super wrong. This book is all about getting right with yourself, being healthy and safe in sexual choices, and expanding the ways we think of sex. This book is about empowerment. McLaughlin is inclusive and delves into topics like sex work, eating disorders, gender identity, SNM, sex education, masturbation, mental health, STDs, sexual abuse, and a slew of other topics. She takes care to present healthy conversations around these subjects and often includes stories from people with lived experience. This book is deeply empowering and opens up space for the reader to examine their own relationship with sex and intimacy. You can read more of that over on Instagram. I just really wanted to thank Tracy and share that because, again, she did such a good job of, of highlighting the range of topics that I shared in the book, and I just really appreciate that she found those to be true. So head to the Stacks podcast or search for the Stacks on your favorite podcast app to hear our conversation and many, many more. Now, I'm so pleased to welcome Kim Ayers. Kim, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely great. So you have been... A sex toy aficionado for a long time. For a long time, pre-internet. Do you remember your first experience with a toy? Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, 
Well, I was married in a past life, and somebody gave us a bullet vibe, which is a really common starter vibe, which is a small, maybe the size of your thumb, uh, wireless or wired vibe. They're making them rechargeable now, but don't want to jump too far ahead of it. So they gave us that, and we kind of used it a little bit, but the guy I was married to was like really like straight and didn't like to divert from anything. It's why we got divorced, maybe one of the reasons. And so that, and then I met this Swedish guy who got me a cylindrical hard plastic vibrator, which is kind of like the only things that were knocking around then. And it was like, oh, huh, this is a little bit more interesting. So that's when I started using it. And then he moved away. And then uh, I met this guy who basically I called the sex hound who totally blasted open the doors for me. On everything, on every level. So that's when I really dove into being a consumer because that was part of, I mean, it was sex toys, porno, public sex, you know, just everything. And I just couldn't get enough and I still can't get enough. (laughs) I remember getting a really hard plastic, very straight, didn't have any curve. There was no malleability. It wasn't a soft texture. And they rattled because rattled. the batteries in them, the 2C batteries, so uh-huh. they were heavy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, toys don't do anything for me because it just was not even comfortable to insert. Right. Right. And it took me a while to, to realize there's this whole other world. How did this person help open you up to specifically around toys, you what know, was the epiphany? I, I think what it was, was I was always interested. I mean, the whole sex thing, I've like I said, I have a voracious appetite around it. So around the sex toys, it was like, yeah, let's try that one out and let's try that one out. And so what happened was that I was working at Harvard University at the time, and I just became or comfortable with all this stuff because it wasn't a big deal for me. So it was, you know, around porno and it was around sex toys. So what happened is I ended up being like, that girlfriend that brought you to the porno stores because back then it was the seedy porno stores in Boston. It was the combat zone. And they knew me at the combat zone because I would go into the stores and talk at a normal voice level and things like that. And and so I'd bring friends, you know, f- girl friends from Harvard, and they'd be like – just, just pick one and leave. I'm like, you want to get something that you like. Well, which one's your favorite? I'm like, my favorite might not be your favorite. So let's see. And then I just went to the wall and said, okay, these are hard plastic ones. They're not, and just went through the attributes of all of these. Back then, the the availability was very limited. The materials that they were made of, they were only certain ones and things like that. And that had a lot to do with me wanting to open a store because there just wasn't any quality products out there. You knew there time. had to be more. Why was this place called the Combat Zone. It's a notorious area of Boston that was, uh, you know, where it could go into the history of Boston. That's a whole other oh, podcast. Oh, but I thought it was some sort of, I was like, what does that have to do with Well, it was it was where sex. they, well, let's see, in 20 words or less, uh, the city of Boston, which of course the puritanical New England, the area that had like the prostitutes and the girlies and the tattoo parlors. It was Scully Square. Well, the government, Boston city government, decided, you know what? We're going to build City Hall there. We're going to mow a lot of it down. And we'll just put it like south on Washington Street. Nobody goes there. So they they designated that area to be the adult entertainment district. So on paper, it still is, but damn if you can find a porno store there anymore. And that used to <laughs> yeah. be where they all were, in the porno theater and the strip joints and stuff like that. That's interesting. I think maybe there's one strip joint that's there. 
I don't think there's any stores there anymore. I love that it had these puritanical roots, that area, to then, you know, well, that's become the whole thing. something exactly. much more open. Exactly. And that was the thing is, you know, I opened my store grand opening. Get it. I love it. I know. Yes. I love the name. People are like, you still have your signs up. I'm like, that's the name of the store. And then they'd be, get it, and they get it. Yeah. So, yeah. so they were like, oh, you know what? And it even when I was thinking of doing it, and that's a whole other story, um, they were like, oh, that's never going to fly in Boston. I'm like, that's why it needs to be there. And they just looked at me like, you're crazy. I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy. I still own that. Yeah, I am crazy, and in a good way. Where do you think you got your curiosity and kind of inhibit? You, you didn't seem very inhibited around sex. Was that always the case, or did you grow up in a sex-positive community? It was not sex-positive. Well, I don't want to say not sex-positive. My mom's French, so French and Swiss. So her parents moved to Paris after World War One. They were freak artists, my grandparents. I love them. They were just like, you know, I'm sure that they were into that post-World War One porno and swinging and stuff. That would not surprise me for a second. So it was something, not that I knew any of that, but I just have this feeling. So my mom was really upfront with things. I mean, I think she had her own personal history, um, but she was pretty aware and supportive of what we wanted to do. Like when I was 17, I was driving my car an hour and a half away to to date and fuck this 28-year-old guy. They knew what was going on, you know. So so I give him props for that. But anyway, so so it was never like an issue for me at all. And I have three other siblings and they're like nowhere near me. Plus, I don't know how much credence you put in past life experience and past life lives, but I feel really connected to the ancient women that have done sex work and healing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's these temples in India that honor these women. And that's what courses through my blood. I mean, the the whole track that I took opening my store was totally predetermined. I'll go back to when I was like seven and eight years old. I grew up at the Jersey Shore. Seven and eight. So I was little, right? I knew I had to be in Boston. And there was no reason on earth why I just had to had to be there. None. Didn't have family there, never had visited and stuff, but I knew I had to be there. Mm-hmm. And that was from that young age. And then just kind of just kept going with things. And and when I had gotten the inspiration of the store, I did a G-Spot workshop at Dell Williams' house who founded Eve's Garden, the first female-friendly sex toy store. And I was with Deb Sundahl, who's one of the pioneers of female ejaculation in the G-spot. So she had done a presentation in Boston. In the meantime, I'm writing for uh, On Our Backs magazine, which is an erotica for the adventurous lesbian and stuff. So I was writing for them. Anyway, did a workshop there. Blah, blah, blah. I ended up getting my cards read in Boston at Harvard for a Christmas party. And I had already lined up an apprenticeship at Good Vibrations. I had already lined up the money for somebody to do it. I had a fantastic job at Harvard, but my drawing was the to do the store. And the tarot card said, you love your job. You're not challenged by it. I see you doing something on your own. It involves somebody else's money, and it involves an apprenticeship. And I looked at her, and my jaw dropped. And I said, I'm going to open up a women's sex toy store in Boston. She takes my hand. She goes, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> so, so She's been waiting this, for you. <laughs> uh, it's been waiting for me. And yeah. so, you know, honest to Pete, I opened the store because everybody's like, oh, there's going to be protesters and stuff. Nothing. Zero. Zip. I was in Brookline, which is right next to Boston. It's surrounded by Boston on three sides. And Brookline's always been progressive and everything. They wholeheartedly embraced me from day one. Mm. 
and and I still love Brooklyn. I, mean, I could go there and still run into tons of people I know and everything like that. That's so awesome. yeah, so that's kind of like where it comes from a deeper place than just like, hey, there's no place to buy sex toys and I'll open a store. Right. It has this spiritual significance and this whole uh, identity for you Absolutely. as well, which is really interesting. What was the first toy you really loved? You mentioned there weren't many options at first and you saw potential for more. <laughs> yeah, I found there's one, two AA batteries, uh, a jelly rubber. Which was the they material. smell a little it's bit. It's a little smell because <laughs> them pesky phthalates and stuff. But jelly, and I called it Kim's fave, and I ended up bringing them in and putting stickers over the name because it was called like Jelly Number Nine. Was it like a vibrating it's, dildo? It, or well, the, see, this is so funny to say a vibrating dildo because dildos don't vibrate and vibrators vibrate, but a vibrator can be a dildo when it's not charged up or no batteries. In right. It. So yeah, you know, it's kind yeah. Of like, I hear the words used a little bit interchangeably, but I. I personally often use a vibrator without the vibrator turned on. Right. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on how you're using it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So, um, so no, it's a vibrator. And, and it, where the motor is, because uh, I think they're actually still making it, believe it or not. I should check into that. Uh, it was down towards the base. So when you put the whole thing in, you'd still get the vibrations at the base because the jelly rubber would not transmit so much of the vibrations like a hard plastic one would. So, you know, so it would still get like a lot of clitoral and... You know, it's funny because, all right, so we kind of know the clit is it, right? Quote, unquote. That's like the big thing everybody's taught. You know, that's what it's about. Then there's the G-spot and stuff, which is the internal thing. So I found out, like, after maybe two years after being sexually active, that I was a G-spot girl. Mm -hmm. When I got nailed from the back the first time, I was like, whoa, this is great. This is what I love. So that so... um uh, oh, yeah. So there's OK. So the G spot and we know it was named after Dr. Ernst Grafenberg, who, quote unquote, discovered it as if it hadn't existed before. And so that's why it's the G spot. Beverly Whipple coined the name and stuff. But I want to come up with the airs spot. Which is the area like like when you're sinking down from the clit right at the entrance of the vagina, like right there, not back towards the G spot, which is really not that far away, but just like right under the clit, right when you start going in the in the um, vagina, right there, vulva air. That spot is a huge turnaround for me. So where is it from? You know, they say put. Two fingers in and do come hither it's not to even, find a G-spot. Right. I mean, everyone's a little different. Exactly, but is exactly. it underneath? No, it's not even that much inside. So the clitoris sits above the, vagina, the vaginal entrance. The, the external clitoris. Right. The external, hood. Cl yeah. Exactly, exactly. So then you slide in from the clitoris, and I'm okay. doing my little separate fingers thing, which is a great way to illustrate. So you slide in. It's right when you start sliding in, like right here. Yeah. So right when you start making that curve to go inside the vagina, that's a total hot spot for me. Awesome. So I want to call it the air spot. It's so done. It's the air spot. So the air that's spot. It. The air spot. And a lot of toys can access that. Absolutely. And also just different positions like how you p move and where you put pressure. Completely. And to me, it completes the circuit from the clit to the G spot, yeah. which we know is kind of you know, like an internal external thing because clit are legs and stuff. But just right in there. It's like, I love that spot. Yeah. And the, what I love about it is it's so easily accessible. I mean, you can kind of access it externally sort of internally sort of so I think it's a really good thing when we when just kind of want to connect literally deeper mm -hmm. you know but might have issues with more kind of penetration stuff but just to go a little further down than the clitoris so it's just not all clitoral yeah. focused that's one thing I love so much about toys is 
how they allow us to explore and learn new sensations that we haven't felt before, reach places. You know, people have reached their cervix, for example, by using a large toy, um, you know, because it's much deeper in. And some people love that. Some people, it's too tender. Mm -hmm. And everyone's so different. So to be able to, and also different times in your life, different times of your cycle, that everything, just being able to to experiment and play. For sure, for sure. And I mean, what I love, there's um, a new toy out by NAS Toys. It's called, the, is it the Clit Tongue? Anyway, it looks like a calla lily. It's the be- most beautiful thing. And so it's got a tongue shape that's not really big. And then it's surrounded by an oval shape that's got a slight taper to it so that that will vibrate too. So that vibrates the vulva area. And then the tongue part, you can use clitorally or you can use it inside and it's not really big and it hits that air spot really, really well. Mm. Yeah. And it's a beautiful toy and it's rechargeable and silicone and everything. So yeah, that's one of my new favorites Uh, because it's beautiful. I did a review of it and I say, I just want to hold a bouquet of these. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds really lovely. Yeah. You mentioned silicone. Silicone. When did silicone kind of hit the toy market? Well, this is really good. This is such a great story. And I know it firsthand because I was kind of there. So back in about the late 60s, this gentleman in French Guiana, Gosnell Duncan, he's a very sing-songy voice, Gosnell Duncan, and he had been in an in industrial accident and was no longer able to use his penis. So he was married, and he wanted to have penetrative sex with his wife. So he thought, I'll, I'll give it in Gosnell's voice because it's so beautiful. So I got to thinking, what kind of material is the same as an erect penis? So I was looking and looking, and then I thought of silicone bathtub cock. I don't even know what that is. Silicone bathtub caulking. So it comes out like kind of, it comes out soft, but it'll harden to something flexible like a silicone dildo. Like the caulking between tiles. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Silicone bathtub caulking. So he worked two years with GE, General Electric. They were the only manufacturers of silicone at that point. So he worked for two years with them to as closely replicate the feel of a penis. So two years later, he started coming out with these realistic sex toys that were brown and pink because to be sort of skin tones. So the original ones were called the Scorpio. Scorpio Products was the name of his company. Um, And it was, the base of it was actually shaped like the letter D. So it was rounded and flat at the bottom, and it looked like a realistic penis, and it was flat at the bottom, so a man could put it over his genitals, and it wouldn't crush his genitals. But it could sit right where he needed it right where his penis would be. So they were originally shaped like that. Well, what happened around 1973, I think, he saw an ad for Eve's Garden, the store. And according to Duncan, I thought, I wonder if lesbians would like these. <laughs> so he st- so Del Williams said, well, lesbians might like them, but they won't like them looking like a penis. Right. So then they started making these ones that were just... Um, 
just like really small, really slightly knobbed in different lengths and different widths. Not anatomically exactly identical. Nope. <laughs> so he started making them like that and then started making Jupiter. And those were pretty much his two styles that he made. And so in different sizes, obviously. And then he started making lavender. And he had pink, lavender, black, brown, I think were the only colors. So for the longest time, he was the only manufacturer. Then came another silicone manufacturer, this woman... I could out her now, but she was so secretive back then. It was like you needed an FBI agent to place an order <laughs> with incredible shapes. I mean, they were sculptures for sure. The problem with, was her fulfillment was really difficult because sometimes you couldn't get them. But anyway, so it was only the two of them. And then in 1997, along comes Marilyn, who was the accountant for Good Vibrations. And she said, I could make silicone toys. So she started making them. She's Vixen Creations, just still in business, makes incredibly great stuff. And then also Tantis, Metis Black, started making silicone toys, too. So those started, like, around the same time, like, around 97. Okay. And then that really launched the whole silicone dildo and silicone yeah, toy thing. That's yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you for Isn't sharing it? that. Yeah. I never knew the history of it. And I know it's much more body safe because it's not porous the way the jelly. If if something leaves a little bit of film on your hands, it's probably not as body safe because it can absorb bacteria. Right. And, and it's harder to keep clean. It can break down. For sure. Or if you put them on a piece of paper. Or, this is a biggie, when you store them, do not store them together because they will melt. And you're like, what? That's, what? I spent $50. I spent $100 <laughs> on that toy. What's happening? Yeah. That'll happen a lot with anything that is not silicone. And also, do not put your silicone toys next to those either because the color can transfer. They can melt. It does, silicone doesn't melt, but the rubber melts on it. And it makes a real mess in your toy. And when you go to reach one, you're Nobody like, Nobody wants a melted no. toy. It's no fun anymore. It happens a lot. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's storage is important, washing them with just soap and water or, sure. or a toy cleaner. Right, and then drying them off really well. I, yeah. You know what? It's soap and water is great, but you know what? I use hand sanitizer. I got that right next to my bed. And it's like, you know, if I have friends, I'm like, hey, put these on, put this on your hands because you know where they've been and I know where they're going. <laughs> it's very convenient. So, yeah, <laughs> and it's like not 70% alcohol. I mean, you can't really get any cleaner than that. So Yeah, I, use I that like that it's everything. just right there, too. It's right there. You don't and have it cleans to... stuff. You can be a lazy shit and not have to go to the bathroom and clean your toys after or dry them. It's just like clean, done. Yes, well said. Let's have it. Well said. So we have a listener question that relates to this topic. Let's see. Let me pull it up here. It comes from Aaliyah, who wrote this. What's a good sex toy that doesn't vibrate? I don't know if it is because I'm ticklish or what, but the buzzing feels like too much. Thank you so much for your question, Aaliyah. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say. Aaliyah, I just love your question. And let me just say... You are not alone. Not everyone likes the sensation of a vibrator because it can be too ticklish or it can have too much sensation, even with the variable speeds and low setting options. And so I hope we all stay curious and open-minded about pleasure and exploring new sensations and experimenting with new toys. So my favorite non-vibrating sex toy is hands down the Enjoy Pure Wand. This sleek wand is made out of medical-grade stainless steel and is about 8 inches in length and has two different sized weighted balls on either end. And it's sort of wonderfully curved, which is designed optimally for both G-spot and P-spot stimulation. And the curve really means that there's no manual angling, as there often is with most G-spot toys. 
because it's the curve, it does all the work. And it basically, by the angle, the bulbous end presses firmly in all the right places. So have fun experimenting with both sides as well as both with thrusting and rocking motions. I can also say that it's about over one and a half pounds and so for some it can feel intimidating, but I assure you it's definitely worth trying and as you always hear me say, try, try again because the first time we try anything new, we're always in our heads, sort of refer, what we refer to as spectating, sort of observing, what do I think about this? How's it going? Um, and when we're in our head like that, we're not really fully in the sensation and we're not relaxed into the moment. So try, try again until you really are able to relax into the sensation. And as you're experimenting, you know, the smaller bulb is one inch in diameter and it's definitely for beginners and as you're easing into getting aroused, because as I always say, when we're trying anything new, you don't want to start from a cold start, right? You always want to introduce something new when you are aroused. And that for those who are already highly aroused or who have a lot of experience with G-spot stimulation or just sort of prefer more girth, the one and a half inch larger size bulb, the diameter of which is definitely the way to go. Um... I love this toy for many reasons. One of them is that it, uh, being stainless steel, it can hold both heat and cold. So it's perfect for temperature play. Definitely explore both those options. And it's also great to use on your own and with a partner. And another bonus is you can use any body safe lube, including the silicone based lubes, which you may be using for anal play, but aren't safe for all of your silicone toys. And sort of lastly, I just want to highlight that the stainless steel makes it so easy to clean up. Really just use soap and water and either air dry or quick towel dry. So I truly do hope, Aaliyah, that you give this toy a try. And as always, would love to hear how it goes. Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. That is a really cool toy. And I love the temperature play you can do with it. I also really enjoy non-vibrating toys. So I think this question is great because there is this presumption that if you have a vulva you want a vibrator. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because I always get asked, what's your favorite toy? And my answer is, it's your favorite toy. And I always say this, I put in big capital letters, get what it appeals to you visually because it's your body that's going to want to use it. So while people can say, well, I'll, I'll buy your favorite toy. My favorite toy might not be your favorite toy. So if you get what appeals to you visually, it's your body going, yeah, I like that because it's your body that's going to be using it. It's not your head. It's not your hands. It's not. It's your body that's going to be doing it. So if you like what it looks like, you're going to like it or you probably like it. It's just like a plate of food. If you don't like what the food looks like, you're not going to want to eat it. People like go, oh, that's the best thing, like lobster tamale, right? It's that like green weird shit, right? <laughs> People are like, that's so good. For years I didn't have it because I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. And then I ate it and I, of course I love it now. But that's the thing is if your body doesn't like it, then you're not going to want to get it. So that's really important actually when you order online because you're like, oh, eight inches by two inches. That doesn't seem so big. And you get it in and you're like, that's the size of a refrigerator. What oh, was I, I know. Thinking? That happened to me with my first that toys that I ordered. Yeah, yeah, you have. To, you should look at the the size dimensions and then look at a ruler if you're not sure totally. or guess it out and that tip is so interesting to guide with your body because and it's your yeah, body that's using listen to it, it. you trust your body listen to that and then also too is if you're buying from a store because we love our brick and mortar stores too and you can't decide between two two put them in your hands and close your eyes because that will be your body responding like 
you know what? I think I like the feel of this one better. Aww. And it doesn't have to vibrate. You know, if you want to do the vibration, then you need to turn on the vibrations, you know, and things like that. But close your eyes because that takes away the visual of like, oh, I don't know like what it looks like or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's your body that's going to talk mm-hmm. to you and tell you which one it is. Thank you for that. And it's a skill that will help your sex life as a whole because trusting our bodies and a lot of us have, have disconnected in some ways for from messaging. So I love that. And I also, what you said about choosing the one that's your your, your favorite and what speaks to you made me actually think of Mackenzie. Who's sitting here now? Hi, Mackenzie. <gasps> Hello. Hi. I brought in several new toys that uh, were gifted to me to review, and Mackenzie kindly said that she would review one of them. I really took one for the team. <laughs> you did. <laughs> what a sacrifice. <laughs> what a sacrifice. And you chose one that spoke to you. What was it about the Womanizer Premium? that said that's the one of this collection you wanted to try? I chose that one because I had been looking at the Womanizer for quite a while. Uh, The reason I was interested is because, so I'm just totally an external girl. Uh, In fact, I don't even really like penetration. Um, G-Spot, like, I've always been kind of jealous of people who love it because I just don't feel a connection with it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm-mm. I think. so. I yay. really appreciate Props hearing that. Because totally. I feel kind of deficient. <laughs> or you have to defend your choice. Yeah. You know? And like, yay. So you're like, no, yeah. that's what I like. And I know that feeling, too, because the statistic goes around so often. Most women don't. They only like external. And I always want to be, well. Yeah. So I like that we can represent both Very options. Different. Yeah. And it's all great and valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thank you both so much for validating my preference. Um, the Womanizer in particular was interesting to me because I had been using vibrators forever. And there's something about, like, even the really soft ones, like a hard sort of blunt nub against your clitoris was fine and it would get me there. But it was always, like, a little bit distracting. Like, I always wished it was a little bit different. Um and I really like very, very subtle. Like I know I have a lot of friends who love like the like Hitachi wand and they, they like a lot of pressure. And I like very, very slight. Um, and so I was interested in the womanizer because for our listeners, in case they don't know, uh, it uses air and it uses suction. Uh, so it almost mimics uh, cunnilingus. Uh, is that the right term? I don't know. Okay. Um, so I, I was really interested in it and I was so thrilled when uh, you offered this toy because I was like, this is my dream toy that I've been meaning to try (laughs) out. And I was so excited to get a chance. And I was excited because it's a different shape than what I'm familiar with. The Womanizer toys have particular shapes. One is shaped like a lipstick. I have that one. It's a travel one. And then there's kind of, it's almost like a shell shape that Mm -hmm. that they often, it's some of the most popular ones. And then the premium one is more oblong. Mm -hmm. I'll share some video and or photos um, on Instagram and also in the follow-up blog so people can see and, and grab links to these if they're interested. But what your toy has is smart silence feature that, so you can have your sessions completely silent and discreet if you want to and it has 12 intensity levels what was your experience like oh well first i have to say i had a house guest the past few days (laughs) and i had fun in my room i don't have a door in my bedroom and she was none the wiser so i'm very thrilled with its uh yeah it really lives up to the silence so i have no idea whether or not this is something that's common but for me personally 
I like a little bit higher intensity. And then right when I start coming, I need it to be very, very gentle. And I really like this toy because it jumps back and forth so quickly and so easily. And it helped me reach new levels like that I've never experienced with a partner, with any other toy. Like it really took it to someplace different because I can tailor it to exactly what I need the whole time. Mm. And was it user friendly as far as figuring that out? Did it feel intuitive, which sometimes there's a couple of buttons and you're just like, whoa, what's happening? (laughs) I will say um, it's very intuitive, except last night I was in the dark and wasn't looking at it. And I thought, I thought I was done (laughs) and hitting the power button, but I discovered there's like a shuffle play button that you can hit. Like maybe you know more about the toy and you know what it is, but it started doing all of these different things. (laughs) Gave you a mix CD. Yeah. Here's your medley of pleasure. Exactly. And I was absolutely thrilled. So I don't know if that's, there's like a little wavy symbol on it. Um, But I think, no, I didn't realize that's what that did. I'd been staring at that button, wondering what it was and not opening the manual for a long time. I believe it's the autopilot mode. Okay. Yeah. So then you don't ha- – it's it's so nice when you have that option between manually doing it yourself because, as mm-hmm. you said, you know that you like it more subtle at times and more intense at times. Mm-hmm. But then also to go, I don't want to think. Right. Hit one button. Yeah. And that's a separate button. That's pretty cool. It's incredible. Yeah. It gives you kind of all that thrill of like – You know, it's nice when someone else is touching you because there's an element of surprise that can be fun. And when you hit that button, it gives you that exhilaration, but you're still completely in control. So a very nice feature. (laughs) I love that you didn't even know what was going to happen or that even you were going to keep going. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, (laughs) this is a fun roller coaster. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to talk about it. So I decided to review the Diosa by Balesa. Have you seen this? Uh, not that particular no. one, but I've seen a lot like it. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice shape. I like that it's not overly large. You know, it's a really moderate, kind of modest shape, size. And it has, uh, you know, this is a combination. So for external clitoral stem, and also you can get your G-spot and your air spot. That's it. Which yeah. I really love, by the way. Uh, it has a lot of different modes. It has one of those little secret buttons where you you charge it by like poking it you feel like you're poking a hole it's very very uh hidden there but it's really in a, a wonderful toy and i used it first without vibration which for this listener i think is important because as you said you can use a toy without any and i also like it to be more subtle especially at first and so to let your body warm up or you might just want to stay with that which is great also one thing i love about this toy it came charged yeah I've never gotten a toy that came charged. And even though I somewhat do this for a living, I mean, I review toys here and there, I really have had so many experiences where you're ready, but the toy is not. And it's so frustrating. And you're like, how long do I have to charge this thing? So I really love it. And Balesa's wonderful. They publish uh, erotica and... Um, very sexy films and stuff like that. And now they have this wonderful line of toys. So it's really velvety. It's silicone. So it's mm-hmm. it's a nice one. It's definitely, um, if you've never tried a G-spot and clit, external clit combo, I think it's a good one. Yeah, and that's a pretty interesting point you make up because looking at the shape of that, it's like, oh, 
That's anatomically correct because a lot of times, like a lot of your rabbit vibes, which is the first kind of dual vibes that came out, the rabbit's like in one place and then the G-spot area is like five inches away, six inches. And you're like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, it's true. And it's interesting because there is not going to be one toy, right, that reaches the places that any like every person with a vulva is going to, or if you have a penis or you're using it with a partner who has a penis, because the vibration can feel good or not right. to that partner as well. So exactly. there's so many things in it. I think it does open up conversation, which oh. is important too, to, to play and find out what someone else likes. Well, and this is true, uh, not only like without using toys, but when you use toys, one thing that always gets me is people are like, oh, I want to buy a toy for my partner. It's like, Bring your partner into the store or shop online together because a lot of times they'll get something and then that's one of those things that'll sit in a drawer because eh, I don't like it, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, so that's like super important to do that is include your partner when you're going to be buying a toy that you're going to be sharing, you know, using privately. That's one thing. Um not one thing, but I mean, that's one aspect. Um, but if it's something that you're going to use together, then definitely shop for it together. Plus, two is that there's this stigma. I don't even want to call it a stigma or stuff. But, you know, a lot of guys feel intimidated when a woman brings in a sex toy, especially if one that looks realistic that might be just a little bit bigger than he is. So this is something that you want to figure out first. Is this going to be a problem or not? You yeah. Know, and and just say, no, it's not a replacement. It's not a replacement. Just kind of that. I mean, that that's a whole other thing. Right. For sure. That it's for pleasure for everyone. And exactly. really enhances the experience for everyone, too. I, I think sometimes people feel a little bit like, oh, if I need a toy, then there's something wrong and there's not. Right. It's, right. Pleasure is pleasure. And I think you should get kudos for being adventurous and curious and trying right. to learn your body. And, it, and it's not a threat to the partner, for sure. I mean, no. it's a biggie, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny. I wanted to say something about Womanizer. Was that, okay, that came out, mm, <laughs> I want to say five years ago, five, maybe six years ago initially. And it is, I don't want to say was, although is uh, the first clitoral suction device that came out. So it was the brand. Okay. And so when that first came out, the rumbling around the adult industry, because I've been in the sex toy industry 26 years, and I still do product development and consulting and writing and all this stuff in the industry, and I've worked for many manufacturers and things. So when it first came out, the rumble was like, have you have you?" Have, have you tried the womanizer, you know, among us women? <laughs> and so these are women that have been in the sex toy industry a long time, you know, mm-hmm. probably at least as long as I have. They're like, oh, my God, it was pretty amazing and nothing like anything I had ever tried before. And and everybody would kind of look at each other like, this is a game changer. Because, I mean, what it, new technology in the sex toy world, I mean, it doesn't happen too often. We Vibe was one, what, 12 years ago now, um, you know, well, Magic Wand, that goes way back and stuff. But Womanizer was definitely a game changer. And this is something that happens in the adult industry way too often is people knock it off right away. When it becomes a hit, it's like everybody copies it. So all of these manufacturers have variations of that now. And then there's companies that make a suction device that's also attached to an internal part. And to me, that's okay, but because you have to kind of keep the keep it right spot on on your clit right. while you're using it. So to have something that's internal, you can't really do the thrusting thing because mm-hmm. it's going to keep popping off. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, what's interesting is one of the reasons I asked Mackenzie to choose one of the Womanizer products is because 
when I tried one, it was pleasurable, but because I'm more of an internal person, mm-hmm. it felt almost frustrating mm-hmm. because I wasn't quite getting to where I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I would use another toy as well. Right. But that when they're not connected, you don't have to worry about that. Did you find the sensation surprising? I know we had talked a little bit about that suction. Is it what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, I just started laughing the first time I tried <laughs> I it. I was so shocked by how it felt. Um I don't know that I had an expectation. I had my hopes up. Uh, I really was hoping I would find something better than a vibrator. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things where when you've only had the one option, you can't you can't know what you don't know. So um, it was, yeah, certainly uh, surprising and not what I was expecting because I, I didn't know what to expect. But Did you have it vibrate? Because I know they vibrate as well, so they do suction and vibration. Oh, gosh. I look, don't look know. Look to see if that's an option because most of them do that. Okay. So, yeah. So t- check those little magic buttons yeah. that you don't know about. <laughs> I should go grab because it. dollars to donuts, it's going to vibrate too, which you may or may not like. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing is if you like vibrations mm-hmm. on the clitoris while it's getting sucked on, maybe yeah. maybe you're like, no, I'm good with just that suction action. So so that's a thing. But, yeah, check out that part of it. Yeah. For sure. No, I definitely will. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I would do if it got better. <laughs> You're like, what is that? <laughs> it's not going to be silent anymore because you'll yeah. be going, ah! <laughs> yeah. Damn, you silent mode! <laughs> yeah, maybe not when you have your guests unless you give them yeah. a little heads up. Yeah. Exactly. Turn on the radio. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you're glad you tried it. Yes. Do you very feel much like so. it's having an impact on your relationship to your body or to solo play? Hugely. I'm working through some sexual trauma right now. It's been very difficult for some time now to have um, anyone else touch me. Uh, Well, I mean, touch me in a sexual way. But this toy has really helped me to, no pun intended, get back in touch with myself. It's let me take my orgasms to a completely new place. It's given me control to feel better in my body than maybe than I ever have. I know I'm sounds like I'm being hyperbolic, but it was truly a life-changing experience getting this toy. And I've I've been able to use it to just improve my relationship to myself and my own sexuality. So it I think if you can find something that is exactly what you want, and I'm not saying the womanizer will change your life. I'm saying if you find the toy that really resonates with you, I think it puts a ton of power in your hands. Thank Big you for time. sharing that. I'm so happy for That's you. So great. And it's such important work that you're doing. And it's real and you've given yourself permission to do it, which yeah. I think is a really big thing, as opposed to completely shutting down, which I think a lot of, you know, people who've experienced that mm-hmm. are just like, yeah, no, I'm not interested. But t- you know, I my little store, I had something on the door. I said the first step is over the threshold. And that's exactly what you did. I'm going to take this first step, you know, whenever that was, or I'm going to take this first step and I'm going to try this because this appeals to me, you know, this toy, this, you know, whether it's internal or external, this appeals to me. So this is going to be okay to use, to take that power back, to hit that reset button, to just, I'm going to start to cry because I'll tell you, this work is like, it's so, it's so amazing, you know, I mean, just like, to know that it's okay to do this. I mean, this is only so many women and so many men, so many people just have to overcome so much shit that they've gone through. And to me, it's like, just move forward. 
Just move forward. Stuff in the past, you can't change it. Just move forward and empower yourself and get that toy that you like and, and do that. And, and what if, it, even if it's like shaped like a monkey holding a banana, if it appeals to you, <laughs> you get it, get it, get it. If it's it speaks okay. to you, your body says, I want it the really monkey does. the banana. It really <laughs> Go does. For it. It's just, yes. you know, and I mean, this is the thing, it's taking that first step. Every it's step. It's so big and it changes lives. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that. I've done I've done. I don't want to put a past tense. Um, I do surrogacy work and stuff. And there's people that I've worked with that they're like, oh, my God, I've been on the couch for 20 years and this totally changed my life. Because it's to get, you're giving them permission that this is okay to do and this is okay to move your body. It's okay to make these sounds. It's okay to fart when you have sex. I mean, people are like, oh, can't do that. It's like, yes, you can, you know, especially when you do that. That means like you're having a really good time because you're very just, relaxed. Like, very Let relaxed. It all go. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's okay do- to laugh at it. It's totally. okay to be like, that was weird. Totally. <laughs> like, woo, okay. Yeah. So, you know, and just let a candle. It's okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's just this stuff is all okay. It's okay to have these fantasies it's okay to do this and this is the thing is so many people do not give themselves permission to do oh what's society gonna think what's my partner gonna think what's like i worked with a a lesbian woman in a relationship like 10 years or something with her partner and stuff and i was referenced given the reference from a, a therapist that she's working with and um and so there's a whole process of putting them at ease and things and she told me she goes you know, I've never told anybody this, is when I was a little girl, I'd like to put a bobby pin in my butt. Okay, well, this is the thing, is when you're little and you don't know, but you're like, that feels good. I said, you know what? It's probably going to feel really good to do this again. I wouldn't use a bobby pin, but there's all this but there's all this great stuff. <laughs> and this is something that this is okay to share with your partner. You can get something like the size of your finger and things and that's going to feel so good to you. And she you could just see like she was crying and stuff. And so when you work or when I work with a, a surrogacy with a therapist, you get back to the therapist and it's all everybody knows that. And I said I told her about her experience. She's like, "Oh my god, she never told me that." I said, "Well, you know, it's probably something that it's going to help her a lot, you know, and stuff. So, so it's a, it's yeah. a win win all the way around. Giving and, it uh, room and to breathe, to have because shame festers when it's all contained. Ugh. And and I love what you said about taking one step because for some people that's welcoming a hug. For some people that's trying a toy for the first time. But every little step and and even telling yourself, even if you don't believe that you are worthy of something or it's safe um, telling yourself that it is and you and you are worthy and you will get there like it's right. it's not a race it's it's okay if healing takes however long it takes For there's sure. there's no rush about that and and having your own private space to honor your body I think is some of the most beautiful spiritual healing work we can do absolutely absolutely and letting go of what society thinks I mean this is a whole big thing I mean I do a lot of public speaking around sex and everything I'm like why is it that you can say hey I had a great night of bowling last night you know it was like almost perfect game it was really good ball went right down the alley it was a really great game of bowling so take the word bowling out and say sex oh I had a great night of sex last night it was perfect everything was right on I had a great night of sex people would be like Ugh! And yeah. you're like, you're not going into any detail right. or anything like that. So it's, you know, obviously it's funny to jump from yeah. there to there. But it's like I've always been really comfortable about sex. I mean, this is I have a line which I shared with you. I care what you think about, but I don't care what you think about me. <laughs> 
Because that's your stuff. You can call me whatever you want, whatever. (laughs) That's your stuff. I'm really happy with who I am and what I do. And I'll tell you, this is really interesting when when you go to business meetings. You know, like I was was in the um, Chamber of Commerce, actually, in Brooklyn. I was vice president for a number of years. And and Brooklyn was really cool. But when I'd go to other business meetings and say – Oh, you know, they go, oh, what kind of business do you have? Oh, a sex toy store. Is You could see these people physically taking some steps back. And I would say, if I owned a dress store, would you have that same reaction? Because they were doing it really sub- unconsciously. And boy, when I called them out on it, it was they'd be startled like, no, I, I'd be fine with it. It's like, no, I can read right. body really well. Yeah, you know? I, I relate to that in, in a way. When I became really comfortable with my sexuality, I thought, I'm going to talk about it all the time. And it became almost like the weather, only cooler. And I realized that not everyone has comfort receiving that. And and I almost was, you know, sometimes not being very consensual about it. You know, like dipping – You we want to challenge the status quo and, and foster acceptance and at the same time not force it into like – at the board meeting, taking out three sex toys and let me demonstrate, exactly, you know, like exactly. finding that, that place yeah. is, is interesting. Yeah. I've also been on the receiving end of hearing something really explicit I didn't want to hear. I think it's important for us to get comfortable with our sexuality, but our intimate lives are intimate for a reason. And I just don't want anyone to think that they have to talk about sex with just anyone. Like last night I was... I. I, one of my, I, I, it's funny, I kind of think, because people look at me and they're like, what? Is I really love boxing and following boxing. And there was a big fight last night, a wilder fury. Um, and so I went to the ladies' room and there was a woman there, you know, with the candies and all stuff like that. And she's like, honey, you got something going on here. Because I was just like, hey, how's it going tonight and stuff, you know, and I wasn't drunk or anything like this. And so and so then I don't know. I mentioned, hey, guess what business I'm in? Because I love throwing people off like that because they'd never guess. And I'm like, sex toy. She's like, girlfriend, we need to talk more. I'm like, here's my card. Let's do it. Yeah. And that just like opened up this wonderful conversation we had with the woman that's sitting in the ladies room, you know. Yes. Okay. We've and talked so- about how wonderful it is to have friends and friends reasons to have conversations once you someone knows you're comfortable people will talk to you i'm sure you found that too mackenzie with your own friends yeah absolutely it's huge and i think what you said earlier is such a good point and something that i'm figuring out how to gauge right now is that sometimes people aren't comfortable with you talking about sex and you don't want to cross anyone's boundaries but at the same time we are like the three of us and anyone else who's out there trying to make people more comfortable talking about sex, we're pushing something that needs to be pushed. So sometimes it can be difficult for me to gauge that line because part of me is screaming in my head, I'm helping you. And part of me is like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, it's not helpful totally. to push beyond boundaries. So yes. that's been an interesting thing to find. And being part of Girl Boner is really what has pushed that forward for me. I always thought of myself as someone who was comfortable talking about sex, but I really didn't know. Once you start putting the language to it, it really opens up your ability to talk about sex. But I find then if you're able to talk about more, if you're able to talk about sex more in depth and more articulately, that seems to throw people a bit more because we're so used to euphemisms. Well, I slept with somebody last night versus, well, I had a girl over last night and she liked internal and I like external, so I didn't know what to do. Like, 
once you have more language, it opens up a possibility to push people into a place where they're more uncomfortable than it might have before. That's a really good point. People are pretty shocked, too, often when they hear what I do. If they just first meet me, people make all these assumptions. Like how you were saying, they aren't guessing that you have run sex toy stores and had such a vast career in sex toys. And uh, it's interesting. They assume that if you're into something involving sex, they're expecting me to be or if they meet me and they know my that I'm in sexuality, they think I'm going to be ha- have lots of tattoos or like, I mean, hot pink hair or they just Wait. don't picture someone who, you know, we it's funny how we put people in these boxes. Mm-hmm. Like you can be overtly sexual or outspoken, mm-hmm. but you got to look like this. Right. Exactly <laughs> that. And then also, too, is that they they expect that that's the only thing that you're going to talk about. Yeah, or that you are inviting them to have it with you, (laughs) which is a whole other thing and a problem. Uh, Well, that was – this is a good one too. So, you know, when you own – and I talk – when I do trainings at stores and stuff like that, I say, when you're a woman working at a sex toy store, a lot of guys will hit on you Mm. because they think if you're working at a sex toy store. So I told this to my dad too because I come from a life – lifelongs at retailers. And so that's actually a hard boundary of mine is I don't have sex with customers. You know why? Why? Mm. Because the customer always comes first. <laughs> but I'm king. Totally I love a good it. One. My dad was like, that's a good one, Kim. I'm like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank so. you both so much for sharing and being here. I love if we could each share one bit of advice for someone who is wanting to explore more in their sexuality. Maybe they're new to toys, want to feel more comfortable. What would you say, Kim? I would say, you know, pretty much kind of a recap of what I said is give yourself the permission to do so. Is like let go of what your parents told you. Let go of what your church or temple or whatever has told you. Let go of what a partner has told you. We know that they can get away with a lot of stuff. Just let go of it and move forward and say, you know what? I like that sex toy with the monkey holding a banana, and I'm getting it, damn it, and I'm using it tonight, and I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to find my air spot. I'm going to find my air spot with that little banana. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Mackenzie? I would say something that really builds off of that is I would say shy away from making assumptions about what you do or don't like. Uh, I have tried a lot of toys that I didn't like, and it's a bummer to waste money on a toy that doesn't work for you. But also, if you explore, you will eventually find something that clicks. So I would just say... Open your mind. Don't be afraid of the vibrator shaped like a monkey holding a banana. And just keep trying until you find the thing that really feels right for you. Or things. You can play with a lot of toys at once. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Brilliant advice. And I will suggest an activity that I think can be really fun and and nurturing, too, which is to set aside time for your own pleasure and intimacy and in private be naked and journal and have a sex toy nearby if you want to, in case you want to work that into it. I think you could journal while you're starting to play with the toy. I love journaling for the way that it allows you to speak about things that might feel a little bit vulnerable or bring up shame for you. And there's something about being physically naked and allowing yourself to be emotionally naked at the same time in a safe space that's just your own. Where can people learn more about you, Kim? 
You can find me at kimairs.com. That website's getting a little new and improved, so stay tuned on that one. I also publish on medium.com, Kim Ayers, and it's A-I-R-S, super easy to find. And also grandopening.com. That's, uh, I sold my store December 05, so it's an affiliate site, so it's got thousands and thousands of products there too. So grandopening.com. And just do a nice little web search on Kim Ayers, A-I-R-S, on all social media, and you can hit me up on IG or Twitter with some questions if you have any. And that would be great. Thank God there's only one of me, Kim Ayers. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's not like number one or eight or 2018 after. We're or anything grateful like that. there is one of you. It's, I'll tell you, I <laughs> thank my stars every day on that one. Oh. So, yeah. Mackenzie, would you like to share a little bit about Period's social networks and where they can find more? I would love to. Uh, so, we are Period Network. You can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Twitter, just at Period Network. And if you want to find our website, it's periodnetwork.com. And from there, you can find all of the different shows that we produce, including Girl Boner. Thank you both again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please subscribe if you haven't and leave us a rating and review. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Girl Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin, with technical producer and audio extraordinaire, Mackenzie Mazel, as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast, brand, movement, and book series at girlboner.org, and more about Period at periodnetwork.com.